operating, we can pretty, pretty see pretty clearly a real strong line in the sand of what was the leaders because there's just a few of them out there and and we can start in the midpoint as far as what didn't gain or lose at all today and that was essentially the US dollar and the rice market believe it or not and then with the big gainers going all the way up from the bottom to the top was the uh, 10-year notes the gold the silver those typical safe havens that the market runs to when they feel like they've gotten trapped and they feel like they're wrong in the markets and the outside markets especially but i found it really interesting that the rice market didn't take it on the chin with the rest of the grains i also found it very interesting that the dollar did not find any kind of safe haven buying uh, as we work through the day even with new lows in the stock market and i think that's one of the major bright spots potentially as we go through this week so then if we look at the negative side of the equation i was also somewhat impressed that ethanol was only down about four tenths of a percentage point when the leader the all-time leader to the downside as far as my uh, uh, charts looked like was the uh, unleaded gas and the heating oil uh, heating oil down over four uh, percent on the day natural gas down three and a half percent and then the uh, unleaded gas down about two and a half percent all of them kind of trading around the the crude oil market which was the kind of focal point uh, to what was going on in the equities markets and so then after you looked at that you could kind of get an idea that if you were going to be down two or three percent you were probably going to catch the feeder cattle which were down three percent the fat cattle which were down three percent the hogs which were down almost four percent and then the corn and the beans which actually corn only down about one percent on the day with the meal down about one percent so it could have been worse for some of these grain commodities i was disappointed with the livestock and the fact that we didn't find support going into the close uh... even though it was lighter volume now you say it could have been worse in that i think especially given today's markets maybe is rather comforting for those that followed along um, we did see corn and soybeans shy away uh, from those uh, lows however wheat really didn't um, a lot of talk around coronavirus what other things do you think are coming in uh, to factor into that yeah I th- that's a really good question because I think the weekly export inspections actually did provide some direction in the midst of the coronavirus because we saw really strong weekly corn export inspections at the top of the trade guesses of 36 million bushels at the same time we saw the wheat market and the and the uh, soybean market come in on the low end of the trade guesses i think what the difference between wheat and the corn and beans really boiled down to going into the close shaley was the fact that there was some news circulating around south america brazil soybean harvest was able to jump to 31 percent this is Agral giving us these numbers this afternoon. That's still behind last year and behind the five-year pace, but it was a good jump. But that's because, in part, there were some pretty big areas that turned off dry, and there's actually some pretty substantial provinces like Rio Grande de Sul who did have not gotten much rain and actually are in a drought. And you know, keep in mind that that area, that province of Rio Grande de Sul, does about 12% of the soybean production for Brazil and about 10% of the corn production. So we've talked and heard a lot about how Brazil's going to have this whopper the uh, bean crop, and they look like they're going to have a whopper corn crop. I'm not quite there yet. I think it's going to be above average, but I'm not in that whopper-type mindset. And I think the other thing that came in that helped the meal especially, and I think that's why the meal came in and supported the corn late in the day, was there's some news reports circulating 
that Argentina is preparing to increase their soybean, their soy meal, and their soy oil export tax from 30% to 33% starting March 1st. And that really took some sting out of the strong dollar versus the Argentine peso. So I think these are a couple factors late in the day that came in and helped support as the coronavirus was the major feature. So given a day like today, and again, you did hit on some of those bright spots, what are you uh, directing folks to do as far as today's concern and then maybe as we look out into the rest of this week or even the rest of this month? Yeah, you know, one of the things that I heard a lot about today was from producers who had not rolled their March contracts to May in terms of basis contracts with elevators. And that's because the March is coming up on delivery and first notice day at the end of this week. And I, I do feel as though that it's worth at this stage in general. It, you know, broad brush uh, recommendation or talking point is it probably is worth going ahead and making that roll given what we saw today. And I don't say that just because of the break to the downside. I think it's also based upon the idea if the dollar stays weak, the fact that we held major support in most of the grains, wheat and corn especially, and, and I think we also held it in the soy meal and the soybeans as well. If we can continue to hold those major support levels, and I think we can if we keep a weaker dollar, uh, I think it's worthwhile trying to get a little bit more up in this market again because we still haven't found out what the 2019 production is here in the United States for corn and beans, and we still have a very tight cash market in certain parts of the country. All right, we've got about 30 seconds here, Mike. If someone is wanting to reach out to you outside of the Fontenelle Final Bell, I know you offer a lot of great commentary throughout the day. Uh, where can they do that? Well, the best place is the website because then you can really talk specifically in the comments section of what you need or just sign up for a trial at globalanalytics.biz. And I would strongly encourage a paid subscription this year because, Shaley, I think there is some upside to this market. I think we may be dancing around a demand market, even though we're talking about coronavirus today. We've got a lot of livestock and a lot of animals to feed this year. All right. Thanks, Mike. Mike Zuzalo, Global Commodity Analytics. Today's guest on the Fontenelle Final Bell. Well, welcome back to a Monday's edition of the Fontenelle Final Bell. I'm Shaylee Peters with you on the Rural Radio Network. Our guest today, Mike Zuzel of Global Commodity Analytics. And Mike, visiting ahead of time, just kind of a rough day. You did mention in that first segment some bright spots that we saw, which is encouraging on a day like today. We're going to get into our livestock now, um, seeing some limit down in some spots. And we'll talk cattle on feed as well. What did you see as far as Monday's trade in our livestock? Well, I think the first thing that I saw, Shaley, was that we did not trade the cattle on feed report from Friday, which I thought in all three major categories had quite a bit of supportive features to it, especially the marketing's number, with the idea that I think we still have a packer out there that is mostly short-bought. He's short-bought in a way that is a little bit more complex because I think he's got a lot of hogs to work through. and. Monday's kill is, you know, up around 495,000 reported here in the afternoon for the hogs. I wonder if we'll be dancing close to 500,000 on a week on a daily kill basis for hogs uh, before we get into the March quarterly uh, hogs and pigs report, but if you could take that away or kind of massage that into what's happening in the cattle market, I do think there's a really strong beef demand. Our exports have tapered off a little bit. The market didn't like, I don't think either, not just the coronavirus, but they didn't like either the fact that we were opening up 
our uh, our beef market to the Brazil uh, import market. In other words, Brazil is likely to export some beef into us now. We're opening that market up, and that came at the tail end of last week. So between coronavirus and the Brazilian news, I think the cattle market really did not want to touch those cattle on feed numbers. I think they're going to have to come back and trade those eventually. Now, between now and then, what does it look like technically? That's kind of how I look at it. And if we take out the 20-week or 20-month, I should say, moving average in the fats, uh, that's right around the 114.5 level. So about $3, $4 lower uh, is a gap. And then the uh, 20-month moving average is uh, probably about a dollar below us. So you've got two big support levels, one just below us in the 20-month moving average, and then the gap uh, left over from the October high uh, at around 114.5. The other thing that I think, going back to that cattle on feed report, is the January placements number. Between the seven weights and the 899, that's about that was about 50% of the total placements. That's real similar to what we did last January. So I do think there's still that potential for a marketing hole heading into April expiration. And so I, that's why I'm talking about maybe a hole in marketings and a packer that's short-bought. So that between that and the other thing, interesting thing about the cattle on feed report was the Nebraska on feed number, total numbers were at 95% of last year. I'm wondering whether Nebraska may not be the best cash market and maybe the first to find a low in the cash market once we finally get done trading this coronavirus because you look at Colorado, they've got 107% of uh, on-feed versus last year. Texas, 108%. Kansas, 106%. And then Oklahoma, about 103%. So Nebraska being at 95% on-feed is a very low number compared to the surrounding states. So I would be watching those Nebraska fat numbers and prices very closely to see if they aren't maybe the bright spot as well. So a waiting game as we work through coronavirus and wait for reaction on cattle on feed, as you say. Um, what sort of advice do you give uh, as, again, we play this waiting game and look for some of this to shake out? Well, the feed prices are not high at all. I mean, they're, they're, they're up there a little bit more than normal if you're near an ethanol plant. So adding weight at this point and, and getting a higher per head price is not a bad idea, in my opinion, because I still think the demand is there. I was just running through some export figures for a, a presentation I'll be giving later this week. But beef exports uh, out of Brazil to China is up 54% year-to-date. Total beef exports uh, in terms of all countries, they're up about 15% in Brazil. So a lot of countries have been providing a lot of beef and a lot of pork to China. I think they're drawing down their supplies as we get 60 days down the window here or down the calendar here. I think you're going to see U.S. beef prices attracting more buyers. All right, Mike. And as we wrap up today's trade and uh, our segment here, maybe a recap on those grains for those of you that missed the first segment. And also, where can people get a hold of you outside of the final bell? Yeah, I mean, I think the big key to Monday's trade, Shaley, was I think we've got program selling in the equities markets that blood over into the energies. But I feel as though the grains and meats really have a good value level to them right now, especially when you look at the cash demand 
and the cash basis and, and the export side of the equation as well. Obviously, 30 days from now, if coronavirus is still with us and worsening, I'm going to have to walk that back a lot. But right now, it looks like to me this is mainly equity market-led selling, and it's mainly computer-driven. So if that's the case, we should be coming out of this within the end of this week, first of next week at the latest. Uh, If they want to get a hold of me on more specifics, please go to the website at globalanalytics.biz fill out a free trial, ask a question, or put in a comment, and I'll get back to you. All right. Thanks so much. Our guest today on the Fontenelle Final Bell, it's Mike Zuzalo, Global Commodity Analytics. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. 